Welcome to Gov Innovator. I'm Andy Feldman. Our focus today is how states can use the new federal education law, known as ESSA, to engage local school districts and expand the evidence base around effective school improvement efforts. Our guest is Tom Kane from Harvard University. Here's a clip. The way to think of this is five years from now, we want to be in a much better place in terms of knowing what kinds of interventions will make a difference in low-income schools. And so rather than trying a bunch of things and having no systematic way of telling which of the things that we tried actually worked. So this is an investment in future education reform discussions that would be much more evidence-based than they are today. The new education law, the Every Student Succeeds Act, or ESSA, emphasizes the importance of evidence, including defining four levels of evidence-based practices. The law, however, leaves it to states to decide how much they want to build an evidence base and how much they want to nudge districts towards choosing more effective strategies. So what should state leaders do who want to leverage the new law and encourage districts to learn and do what works for students? Tom Kane joins us to provide suggestions. He's a professor of education and economics at the Harvard Graduate School of Education and the faculty director for the Center for Education Policy Research. His recent article in the journal Education Next is called Making Evidence Locally. Tom, welcome. Thanks, Andy. Before we get into your recommendations, tell us why this topic is important. In other words, what's the opportunity that ESSA provides to better integrate evidence into U.S. education policy? Or what's the opportunity that could be missed without state leadership? Absolutely. So I, I think the greatest danger, and I'm sure this will occur in some states, is that school districts are only required to be able to cite at least one study that some intervention that they're planning to use federal money for had a positive effect on student outcomes someplace at some time in some potentially even other country. And that's a pretty low bar. My guess is over time, studies will come out of the woodwork that could be pointed to as suggesting that almost anything works. So if the evidence provisions are understood as requiring there to be some prior evidence of efficacy for getting money, and that's just the something you need to comply with, I'm sure most districts will figure out a way to comply with that. But for the states that recognize this as an opportunity rather than as a compliance exercise, they will focus on the parts of the law that allow them to use federal money to evaluate the interventions that they're paying for with federal money. So it's it's the forward-looking evaluation that I think holds a tremendous amount of promise rather than purely the the backward-looking compliance exercise. So Tom, on that point, how to help agencies do more meaningful, rigorous evaluation, one of your recommendations is that states encourage or even require districts to form what you call efficacy networks, meaning groups of districts that are committed to measuring the impact of the interventions that they're doing and and working together to do that. To help us understand that recommendation, tell us about an initiative that you've been running, which is very related, called Proving Ground. It's essentially an efficacy network. In this case, it's a network of districts that are across the country, but the same model could be applied within a state. 
Proving Ground, I know, is currently working with 13 school districts across the U.S. Tell us more about it so that we can see how that strategy of having an efficacy network could be applied more broadly within states. Okay, so the whole idea of Proving Ground is to provide the analytic infrastructure to allow district leaders to pool their data and pilot and test initiatives before they scale them up. One of the things that we've noticed in in working with school districts over time is that they may lack the analytic resources, they may lack the program evaluation team to help them test reform ideas on a small scale first before scaling them up. And the whole point of Proving Ground is to just make that as easy as possible, to provide a platform where they can pool their data with other districts who may be working on the same thing. And when they've chosen the interventions they want to test, our role is is just to make the analysis side as easy as possible so that they can quickly get back the results on what's working and what's not and decide what to test next. And tell us more about the benefits of having an efficacy network like Proving Ground is running. Am I right that an important benefit is sample size? By pooling data across districts, you can have more rigorous research. One benefit is sample size, that many um, small and medium-sized school districts and virtually all charter management organizations have too few classrooms to put together a large enough group of classrooms that are trying something and still have enough classrooms left over to serve as a comparison group. And so one of the great advantages to pooling together data from multiple school agencies is that each of them now has a larger set of potential comparisons. But a second benefit um, is that particularly if school agencies are trying things like a piece of educational software or trying something like an uh, an approach to reducing chronic absenteeism, they can have opportunities to learn from different implementation approaches of their peers. I've always been struck in education by how important those peer relationships are uh, across different districts and yet how few opportunities districts have to interact with their colleagues elsewhere in another district around this kind of thing, like trying to solve a common problem. We try to provide the network to make that possible. That's useful. Before we switch back, Tom, to talking about ESSA and how states could catalyze the use of efficacy networks, give us an example from Proving Ground, if you would, about how the network works. Okay. In our network of 13 agencies that we're working with, many of them are using the same math software in elementary school. It's called STMath. So many of them have been using that program for a while. And even if they had looked at their own data on how classroom usage varies uh, from teacher to teacher, they had no idea whether their usage was unique. So one of the first things that we did was just help each of the agencies see how students' usage of the software varied dramatically with from classroom to classroom, even in their own agency. 
And then we pooled all their data together and said, okay, within some of these agencies scaled up the use of STMath over time. And we used those opportunities to try to generate our best estimate for what the effect of STMath was in the past. Then they each said, well, gosh, like it sure looks like the software does seem to be having a positive effect on student achievement. The challenge is that many of our classrooms are barely using it. Why don't you help us test experimentally an approach to trying to affect teachers' usage of the software? So, for instance, we randomly um, assigned a group of teachers to receive emails just comparing their level of usage to other teachers working in the same school and just showing them how their usage differed. And it turns out just that simple approach had, you know, a positive effect on the usage for the low using classrooms. So that example gives you sort of a a taste of what we do. We allow districts to compare their usage of something with, with other districts. We use their historical data to try to generate our best estimate of of causal impacts. And then going forward, when there are new things that they want to try, we make it easier for them to implement them in a way that there is a comparison group so that they can then, you know, see the impacts for different types of students and for different classrooms. Okay, so with that useful diversion to get to know Proving Ground, you see creating efficacy networks as an important strategy for states under ESSA. Is that right? So I actually believe that efficacy networks are not just an important part of it, but will be the key to ensuring that 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we've made much more progress than we have in the last 10 years in identifying what was working and what wasn't working in education reform. The tool that ESSA provides to states is that it allows state governments to set aside a portion of their school improvement grant money. So 7% of the school improvement grant money, that's $50 million annually, to evaluate the interventions that they provide grants to school districts um, to try. And they can also allow school districts to use a portion of their Title I grants to pay for participating in efficacy networks. The way to think of this is five years from now, we want to be in a much better place in terms of knowing what kinds of interventions will make a difference in low-income schools. And so rather than trying a bunch of things and having no systematic way of telling which of the things that we tried actually worked, So this is an investment in future education reform discussions that would be much more evidence-based than they are today. A worthy goal. And to get there, Tom, am I right? States need to see this as an opportunity, that program evaluation and rigorous testing of interventions is a valuable opportunity to serve kids better, especially kids from low-income families. Yes. There is language in ESSA that if read literally, would seem to require states to do this. Now, of course, you know, we are in a, an era where the federal government is going to be hesitant to lean on states. Um, and so realistically now, 
This is something states are not going to do because they were required to do it. States will do this if they see, I think correctly, that this will put them in a better position a few years from now to direct their own dollars more effectively. So that's the beautiful thing here is they could use federal dollars for testing ideas, which they could then scale up with their own dollars. We can't forget that the lion's share of uh, spending in K-12 education still comes from state and local governments. It's about $600 billion a year in state and local spending on K-12 schools. In comparison, the uh, Title I program is about $15 billion. So $600 billion versus $15 billion. And what, what states could do is use a portion of the $15 billion to fund school-level interventions and evaluate them, and then take the ideas that are proven effective and use their own $600 billion to scale up the effective ideas. That's the opportunity here. A final question for you. Tell us about the federal government's role in this. How could the Department of Education support and encourage uh, efficacy networks within states? So the federal government could play several different roles here. One is to just clarify the allowable uses of federal dollars, both by state governments and by local governments, in using some portion of the Title I dollars for evaluating initiatives. That's the first thing. A second thing is through their regional education labs, the federal government could support state governments in identifying interventions that have past evidence of efficacy. So we're not starting completely from scratch. And then uh, third, when there are promising ideas in different state networks, then the federal government could fund a larger study, potentially with bigger samples of students, to verify that those promising things turned out to be working in a broader set of schools. We'll end this portion of the interview here, but we'll continue the conversation in part two of my interview with Tom Kane, and I'll ask him about his second main recommendation for how states can make the most out of ESSA in terms of learning and doing what works. Until then, my thanks to Tom for sharing his insights with us, and thanks to all of you for listening.